really, I feel like we're in a new season. How many of you feel like it's the holidays? You're starting to feel the holidays. I'm starting to feel it. And uh, I, I, uh, I love this time of year. How many of you love this time of year? You just love everything about it. I love the weather. I'm glad it's not hot right now. I'm liking the weather. Listen, if it's just a, a little cold, I'm wearing, I'm wearing jackets. I'm wearing scarves. I'm celebrating just with a little cold weather because this season, it's really a special time. And uh, I feel like it's very important for us. Let's give Todd a hand for playing. <laughs> I feel like it's a special time. You know, it's when the whole, our whole nation celebrates the birth of Jesus. And uh, if anybody is to celebrate, it should be his people. Am I right? If anybody should have a right perspective about it, it should be us. And so today, we want to kind of dive into that. We want to dive into the real meaning of the holidays and the real, the, real, um, the real thing that we should focus on so that in this time, this time of month through December, we're going to be full of joy. We're going to be full of peace. We're going to be so full of thanksgiving, and it's going to overflow from us. Do you believe that? That you're going to be so full of God that people are looking for God in this season, and they're going to find him through you. Do you believe that? I believe that this church during this season is going to give, going to love, going to encourage people to the point where people didn't know if they believed in God or not, but because of you, they believe in Jesus. I think that's the greatest compliment that anybody could ever give you, that I didn't believe in God, but I met you, and I believe in God now. I didn't believe in God but I met you in the goodness of God that came from your life. I believe in him now. There's no greater compliment. As a matter of fact, it's the only thing that you're going to be able to bring with you to heaven is what we do for God. And let's keep the main thing the main thing. Am I right? And In this time, in this holiday, let's keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is one thing. It's one person. His name is Jesus. There's no name that's above the name of Jesus. He has done everything for us, and he is so good that if you get a taste of him, you wouldn't want to go back to the things of the world. If you get a taste of him, you will be fulfilled, and that's what you'll be searching for all the days of your life. How many of you, God has touched your life, and you're thankful? We're going to start today in Isaiah 9. Isaiah 9. The saints don't play till around 3 o'clock, so I can go as long as I want. Am I right about it? I've been going, I've been ending early every single week. This week, bear with me. Amen? <laughs> Isaiah 9, 6. Isaiah 9, 6. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. How many of you know who they're talking about? This is Isaiah. Before Jesus ever came on the scene, he's prophesying about our Savior, about Jesus, he's prophesying, he says, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called, listen to this, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The title of my message today is Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful counselor. If you're taking notes, I heard if you take notes, you have bigger mansions in heaven. So go ahead and get your pen and paper out. <laughs> Write that down. Wonderful counselor. Wonderful. That was a joke. Some of you are like, that's not in the Bible. <laughs> I was just picking. Wonderful counselor. See, you'll receive from God to the degree that you believe in his name. You will receive from God to the degree that you believe in his name. Now, in this season, when they're setting the stage up for Jesus, Isaiah is saying, this is who he is. He's a wonderful counselor. He's a mighty God. He's an everlasting father. He's the prince of peace. You know, in the Bible, names were very significant. Names really marked who you were. So if you were named ugly, you were probably ugly. <laughs> if you were named reject, chances are you're going to be a reject. That's the way it was back in the day. How many of you are glad that it's not that way today? But your name was significant. Your name marked your identity. Your name was everything. And so 
Isaiah is setting the stage and he's saying, I want you to know the name of God. There's going to be a son that comes. His name is Jesus. And there's going to be a son that comes. He's the Messiah. And this is his name. The first name that he gives us, the first name that he gives us is Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful Counselor. Let's look at Hebrews 11.6. But without faith, it is impossible. Look at your neighbor and say, it's impossible. Look at the other person you just ignored and say, it's impossible. <laughs> but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God, listen to this, must believe that he is. Who comes to God must believe that he is, circle that right there, that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So there are two prerequisites of faith. Number one, believing he is who he says he is. It's one thing to name God, like God, you're my provider, or God, you are faithful, God, you are my shepherd. It's another thing to really believe in his name. So when we come to God, number one, it says if you really want to have faith, number one, you got to come to God knowing who he is. Come to God knowing what his name means. Come to God and don't just say his name, but know that he is who he says he is. The second thing is, and believe that he rewards those who seek him. He rewards those who seek him. How many of you like some rewards? You like some rewards. You like that when you go after God, he gives you a reward. It would, you would be lying if you said, you know what, I, I don't need anything. <laughs> I don't really want rewards. Well, this is how God is, so get over it, right? <laughs> he is awesome, and he says, if you seek me, I'll reward you. That's kind of exciting to me. I don't know about you, but when I seek God, he rewards me. He knows how we tick. Am I right about it? He knows that what really gets us, yes, God is good and he's done everything that, that he needs to do from here on out. But he's such a good father that he says, if you seek me, I'm going to reward you. Just try me. First, believe in who I am and then start to seek me. See, when we, when we neglect seeking God, it's usually because we forgot or don't really believe in who he is. We don't believe in what his name is. He is a wonderful counselor. He is a wonderful counselor. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is true, that your word is able to penetrate our heart. Come on, if you feel comfortable, just lift your hand right where you are. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, begin to change me by your word. Change the way that I think. Change the way that I feel. Change what you want me. Change the things that I desire. And make me look more like you. Lord, we thank you for your word. We love it. We honor it. And, Lord, we pray that you speak to us today. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody says amen, amen. How many of you here have your Christmas tree up? Already you have your Christmas tree up? I'm so I'm so thankful we got our Christmas tree up at the end of December. It's usually up at the end of October. And I'm thinking, Leah, it's Leah's deal. She's like, y'all are putting out Halloween decorations. I'm putting out Christmas trees. And, uh, but we finally got our tree up the end of uh, November. And uh, it feels great, doesn't it? The lights and just the, the feeling of Christmas, the feeling of celebration and the holiday. It's just a certain feeling that comes with it. How many of you love this time of year? You just love it. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, it's even more fun when you have kids because when you're little, Christmas is magical. Christmas is wonderful. Am I right about it? I mean, that my kids are like, are like all into Christmas. I mean, we have the, what do you call it, the elf on the shelf. He's been doing things every single week. He's been peeling the uh, oranges. He's been watching TV. We even have, elf on the shelf was, y'all know what that is? I mean, he was riding a penguin last week, like a, like a horse. I mean, he's busy, and the kids are in this wonder, like, like what? What is going on here? And, and uh, I love the night of Christmas because they're all listening to Santa. That's how you know that you believe in Santa is that you listen for him. Am I right? 
You know that you believe in them because you remember when you were a kid, you laid in bed and you tried to get all tucked in and you tried to go to sleep, but you couldn't go to sleep because you were listening for every little thing. Every little crack, you thought that was Santa. Every little sound, you thought it was Santa. And, uh, and uh, you would hear them on the roof, right? You would hear them on the roof. You could even hear jingle bells, you know. You would, you would be tracking him. <laughs> you would make sure that you were listening how many of you remember how exciting that was? I mean, there's like this feeling of a little kid that's like excited. You're excited about gifts. You're excited about waking up in the morning and, and opening gifts and finding. How many of you have had before, you did it to your kids or your parents did it to you, that you open up all your gifts, but there's a special gift around the corner, and they're trying to give you a hint they're like, why don't you go around the corner and look over there and see? And, and that was always the, the special gift was, was uh, it wasn't the everyday gift. It was the go around the corner, and that was when you got like the 10-speed bicycle. You remember those? Huffy, you know, a huffy bicycle. You, you know, you got the thing you were dreaming about. And, and, you know, for us, for us, it is so true that God... And his goodness, he never wants us to lose our wonder when it comes to him. He always wants us to be like a child. Remember what it was like being like a child? He wants us to feel that way towards him all the time. He wants us to wonder what he's like and, and think about him and listen to him and and. and he, and we, we come to a place where we're excited about God because he is bigger than we are. Remember when you first gave your life to God? It was like this feeling of a little kid. And God wants us to stay that way. He says this is the way into the kingdom of heaven. You have to first become like a child. This excitement. See, God doesn't want us to just grow old and nothing is exciting anymore. God wants us to experience his wonder and his goodness to the point that we become like a little kid. What does the word wonder mean? What, is, what does the word wonder mean? Because he's a wonderful counselor. He's a wonderful counselor. Wonderful means that, like, it's so, so, you're so in awe, you don't understand it. Am I right? It doesn't even make sense. Wonder, that word wonderful, it means that it doesn't, makes sense. It is beyond you. You don't comprehend it, but you're just in awe of it. When's the last time you've been in awe of God? Not like try to conjure yourself up, like God is so good, let me think about it, but, but in like a sense of like a child at Christmas, this wonder, this excitement, when's the last time that you've really been like that with God? Because if we believe in his name, that he is wonderful. He's a wonderful counselor. How many of you know that he does wonders? That word wonderful, he does wonders, things that don't make sense. See, us as humans, we want to try to make sense of everything. Scientists want to try to make sense of the earth, and they come up with ridiculous things. Like there was a supernova that blew up, and all of a sudden there was a solar system, and now we are in earth, and you know what? There was no water on earth, so meteorites came and hit the earth and brought water on the earth. How many of you know that sounds ridiculous? I mean, they say, they say the other planets have moons, but our planet has one moon, and the special thing about our planet is that it keeps everything in balance. They say, but we believe that the moon got there by, uh, by hitting the earth, hitting the earth, bouncing off and staying in one place in orbit. We believe that's where the, the moon came from. And it's just so happened. This, this earth is perfectly balanced where the waves stop at a certain place and the rotation is not wobbly. How many of you know that people want to make sense of things until they become, like, ridiculous? And, and there's, there's something about science and people that, that even Christians, even Christians after getting saved, they're like, oh, yeah, God is awesome, and he'll bless you, and he'll speak to you, and you have this supernatural, wonderful realm. But then we start to get logical. Then we try to start to make sense of Christianity. Let me tell you today, if you're a Christian and you believe in God, you're crazy. I mean, you believe in a God that 
was planted in a virgin by the Holy Spirit and was birthed by a virgin. Number one, that's hard to believe. Can we be real about it? And then he dies, but he rises from he 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 rises from the dead and he is here among us right now. See, if I were just, if you were lost, and I just told you that story, it's not the story that's going to get you saved. Not that story right there. It is a relationship that's going to get you saved. It is this feeling. It's something that's beyond your senses. We can't go to people and say, look at the Bible. It all makes sense. Look at the Bible. It all But why do you believe in God? You believe in God because there was something greater than your senses. You believe in the stories not because you read the stories, studying them, and said, yeah, that's scientifically true. You, you believe in the stories because you have a relationship. You believe in the stories because God touched you. God, he literally took you out of your senses. And you believe in a God that you cannot see. You believe in a God that you cannot touch. Why? Because you got this sense of wonder. And you can't appreciate the story of Jesus if you haven't really been touched by him. But when you're touched by him, it all makes sense. You know, God says it's almost like he locks up like this wonder for people. He locks up the things that are so awesome about him with those that think they're so wise. Those that feel like they have it figured out. He locks up understanding, but he gives it to those that are humble enough to say, whoa, wait, whoa, wait. Let me see if he's real. Let me tell you, if you seek him, you're going to find him. Let me see if he's real. If you go after him, you're going to find him. He's going to touch you in such a way that it's gonna, it is going to be beyond your senses, beyond what you can comprehend. You come into this wonder. You come into this place where it's beyond what you can really comprehend. In Exodus 15, 11, it's the first time that wonder is ever mentioned, and it's mentioned by Moses. It says this, Exodus 15, 11, it says, Who is like you among the gods, O Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in splendor, working wonders? Wonder working. Let me ask you, is your God wonder working in your life? Is your God wonder working in your life? Because this is what what Moses said. He is a wonder working God. So I have to ask you, is God wonderfully working in your life? If he's wonderfully working in your life, you've got this little kid feeling like I'm excited about hearing his voice. See, See, Moses said this after God opened up the Red Sea. Moses said this after God made a way where there was no way. How many of you know that Jesus made a way where there was no way? And when you experience it, you can talk about it. But when you experience it, you're like, oh, my gosh, are you, are you serious? It is this, I mean, when you first give your life to God, I mean, in your prayer, you know, up at night, early, like seeking God, like, like, have you ever read the Bible and then one day you read the Bible and it jumped up and smacked you around and you were like, oh my gosh, he's real. I mean, there's a moment of knowing God or hearing of God and then there's a moment of knowing God. And a lot of times because of difficulties in our life, we can lose this sense of wonder. But I just love God because he loves to surprise you. See, if you really believe that he is a wonderful God, that he works wonders, and he's a great counselor, then you have to believe that he's going to surprise you every once in a while. See, you get what you believe. If you're not really believing it, chances are you're not going to get it. Am I right about it? Yeah, give God a hand if you want to. You got to say, you know what, I'm believing in this. I'm believing in this. Well, no, I'm just going to, you know, be a normal Christian where everything makes sense. You, there is no normal Christian. <laughs> we believe in wonders, signs and wonders. Those that believe signs and wonders will follow. Did you know there are people that have no arms and God grows arms out of their body? 
It's happening right now. You're not going to see it on TV. There are people that, have, that are about to die and get raised from the dead right now. This is not a theory. This is not like a, a, well, this could happen. This is happening every single day. There is this wonder. But see, we are so entertained as, as Christians. We would rather go to a 3D movie. Because like, wow, this is cool. We would rather go to Disney World. Wow, when you've got the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that wants a relationship with you, come on, there's nothing that compares to that. But sometimes we can lose it. Sometimes we can lose that by all of our entertainment and all that this world has to offer. You see, that's why people are so depressed sometimes during the holidays. And it has to do with, you know, some people that don't have families and don't have people to love. But the majority of people that are depressed during the holidays are the people that family is all around. Food is all around. Music is all around. And they find that they are in the middle of a situation where they should be so full of joy, but they're still miserable. Why? Because you can only find true life in Jesus. You can only, see, that's why people get so depressed, because they want to know it all. They want to figure it all out. But true life, true life, it comes from Jesus. True life, I mean, it's more than the air that you breathe. Like, like, like you need it more than the air that you actually breathe. It is life. It is life. Let me ask you, is, is the enemy trying to suck the life out of you? Because whenever you lose your wonder with God, whenever things are just normal and there's no expectation. See, when you have wonder in your life, you have great expectation. What are you expecting? See, when we don't have wonder in our life, we stop expecting and we just hope for the best. Well, you know, it might happen. God might do it. But how many of you know Mary, when the angel came to Mary and said, you're going to have a, a son, his name's going to be Jesus. She said, whatever you say, I believe. And she sang to God. She believed the word of God. But Zachariah, he didn't. He laughed. And he said, you know, when the angel came to him, the angel said, listen, you're going to have a son. His name is John. And he laughed about it. And he said, why are you laughing at me? I'm, I'm a messenger from God. Put him in time out for nine months where he couldn't speak. <laughs> How many of you hated time out as a little kid? It was like worse than spankings. Like, don't put me in time out. I want to I be in. You see, sometimes when we face some things and we don't believe in God's word and we, we don't trust him and we let the world create more wonder than we have with God, we begin to lose who we really are. We begin to kind of laugh at God's promises. Oh, yeah, God's going to, yeah, God's going to. We then become religious, right? Oh, yeah, God's going to move. He's going to do it. He's going to, he's a faithful God. He's a good God. We start to almost become religious but don't really expect anything. How many of you want to please God? It's only faith that pleases him. Faith, this expectation, like when you were a kid and you were waiting for Santa Claus to come. You were waiting, you were expecting, you were listening, you had a sense of wonder. That should never change when it comes to God. How many of you want to get your wonder back today? You want to get your wonder back. You want to be in a place where, where you're like David. I love Psalms 23 when he says, surely goodness and mercy is going to follow me all the days of my life. Surely, confidently, goodness and mercy, it's chasing after me. See, if you believe it, it starts to happen. It chases after me. See, we see things as happenstance when God wants us to see the small things that he's done so we'll appreciate the big things that he has done in our life. If we can't see the small things, we're not going to appreciate the big things. If we, if we just say, you know what, my marriage is going smooth right now, we must just be hitting a smooth patch. No, you prayed and God's giving you grace. Acknowledge it. And you know what? You start acknowledging the small miracles. You had a headache. You prayed. It went away. You said, well, it must have been, you know, a positive thing. No, it wasn't. God healed you. Begin to say, God healed you. And if you take care of the small miracles, the big miracles begin to happen. The big miracles begin to happen. Like, I cannot believe what God just did. That's how we go from faith to faith. I love David. Surely goodness and mercy is going to follow me. He was expecting it. What would happen if tomorrow morning we woke up and said, you know what? He's a wonderful God. He's a wonderful 
He is a miracle maker God that counsels me. And you start to expect goodness and mercy following you. You get what you expect. You get what you expect. How many of you want to start expecting God chasing after you? The favor of God chasing after you. The goodness of God chasing after you. You shouldn't have gotten that parking spot at the, at the, at the uh, did y'all see Best Buy? Oh, my gosh, on Friday. That, was, that has nothing to do with the message. <laughs> God bless them. That's why they have an inter- internet. Buy stuff online. There was lines everywhere. Anyway, you get a parking spot, a great parking spot. Nobody else got it. That's the favor of God. Go ahead and acknowledge it's the favor of God. Now, I must have just got here at the right time, the right place. No, it's the favor of God. Every little thing that you get is the favor of God. Somebody pays for your meal. It's the favor of God. Don't begin to say, well, they're just a good person. There's nothing good in anybody except through God. Begin to say, man, God's good. He's taking care of me. Begin to acknowledge God and his wonder. you got to stir your wonder back up. you got to stir your wonder back up. If not, you're a boring Christian. Who wants to be a boring Christian? Man, I can't stand boring Christians. I mean, not expecting anything. No prayer, no wonder, no reading the word, no talking about the great things that God can do through us. None of it. Why? Because we lost our wonder. Lost our wonder. Oh, we'll pray for them, but I'm not really expecting for them to get healed. Because you remember this, when this happened, you remember that? God's saying, don't lose your wonder. Just because you have certain circumstances in your life that are difficult, don't lose your faith. God's word is stronger than any circumstance. We don't live in this world. We live of that world. We walk by faith and not by sight. I'm preaching myself excited today. I don't know about you. But I want to get my wonder back where anything is possible. Jesus said nothing is impossible for those that believe. That's what he said. So i got to believe it. What are you expecting? What are you expecting? Are you just hoping for the best? You're hoping for logical things? Are you one of those crazy Christians that say, you know what, I'm expecting God to do a miracle. I'm going to stand on his word. I'm going to listen to his voice. I'm expecting God. I'm getting back like a little kid sitting at the feet of Jesus, and I'm going to begin to hear his voice. I'm expecting something great. I don't want to live. If God said it and I'm living for him, let's go all the way. Let's don't go halfway. Let's don't say, well, you know, it's America, so God doesn't really do merit. No, 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 no. Let's go all the way in. If two or more are gathered together in his name, then he's in the midst. Have you seen what Jesus could do when he was in the midst of people? The dead were raised. The blind could see. The deaf could hear. The cripple could walk. Come on, the oppressed was set free. How many of you expected to come to church today to see some miracles? I did what would happen if we, every time we got together, we expected God to do a miracle? What would happen? I'm, I'm confident that goodness and mercy will be chasing after you. I'm confident that when you go in the life group, oh, the same old people, no, I'm expecting a miracle. I'm expecting to pray. I can't tell you how many times, how many times I was, like, bored. And the people come together and you, like, start to hear all the problems and it's not encouraging. But something rises up in you and say, let's pray right now. Let's pray right now. And listen, that person that was in the ditch doing horrible, you prayed for them. And you think it's just happenstance that they call you 10 minutes later? You haven't heard from them in two months. They call you. Why? Because we're not living in this realm. We're living in another realm. Begin to get your wonder back. Begin to say, I serve a wonderful, miracle-working God. Come on, man. we got to stir this back up. Don't be the boring Christian. Be the Christian. You know, I, I can't stand when, when young kids, they stop believing in Santa Claus. All right, you're not getting any presents. <laughs> Stay young. Stay young. Stay young. Have, have, have fun. Have fun. Christianity should be fun. It should be fun. Not, not an obligation. <laughs> People say, well, you know, you know, uh, if, if you don't go to church, you, you probably feel, feel bad about it. No, no, no. I don't feel bad about not going to church. I want to go to church. I want to go to the house of God. Why? Because his presence is there. His wonders there. Who's going to get healed? Who's going to get set free? Who's going to get delivered? When we come together, there is power when we come together in faith.
No, I don't want to miss. I don't want to be the guy that misses out when God moves. I want to be there. I want to be there. Because God has a way of getting people together that's just crazy enough to believe that he can do the impossible. How about we get out of this world so enamored by this world and begin to get into the spiritual realm and get lost in it? Man, I know what it's like to get lost in it. Nothing like it, man. Nothing like it. You say, that's weird. Well, you just being boring and normal. No, no, no. There's something inside of you. You know God's real. There's something inside you. You know it. there's something bigger. This is not just science. This is not just things exploded and you're a perfect human being. You have windshield wipers on your eyelids. Come on. There's not an explosion that made that happen. There's a God that created you, not for this realm, but for another realm. There's a God that created you to serve him and have some wonder in your life. Come on. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm getting my wonder back. I'm getting my wonder back. Man, how many of you know that your wonder is connected by your listening? Your wonder is connected by your listening. In other words, if he is a wonderful counselor, then when I listen to his counsel, I enter into some wonder. He's a wonderful counselor. He's not wonderful in the fact that he just likes to tell you what to do. He's a wonderful counselor because when you start to listen to his voice, you enter into supernatural wonder. He's a wonderful counselor. He likes to whisper in people's ear. He likes to say, why don't you go around the corner? There's a present over there for you. He likes to say, you know what? You know what? Begin to listen. Begin to get enamored by me, and I'm going to bring you into some wonder. The problem is that we're not listening, so we don't enter into wonder. God wants you to get your spiritual ears back. Where you begin, when you begin to hear God and you're like, oh my gosh, that was God. I want to, I want to step into that. When's the last time you've been there? God wants you to be in a place where you hear his voice. Listen what it says. Job said this, Job 37.5, God thunders marvel, marvelously with his voice. Come on, how many of you want to hear God like that? Where you, where you go to God and he shakes you on the inside. He's real, man. He's real. Quit being satisfied with just inspirational quotes. Quit being satisfied by a Sunday morning message and begin to get into, in the prayer room by yourself and hear his voice in such a place that it's like thunder to your soul. It's like thunder to your heart. It shakes you to the very core. It's fire that's in your bones. That's where we need to be. God thunders. And he does great things which we cannot comprehend. Don't you love that? See, there's a connection between hearing. There's a connection between hearing and his wonder. There's a connection between his hearing and his wonder. Let's look and see the benefits of hearing. Psalms 1, 1. I'm feeling good today. You feeling all right? I'm expecting God to do something awesome. I don't know what it is. I wish I had it all figured out, but I don't. But I do know that he is a God that loves surprises. He's a guy that says, hey, go look around the corner. I don't know what he's up to, but I know it's something good. I've got this, like, little kid feeling this expectation that he's about to show off. See, he's about, God loves to show out, and he loves to use you in doing it. He's about to. Do you believe it? If you don't believe it, you're not going to get it. <laughs> Psalms 1, 1 through 6. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord. Let's look at that. They delight in the law of the Lord. What is it talking about? It's talking about his word. It's talking about his voice. Listen to what happens when you delight in the law of the Lord. This is meditating, right? Delight, delight, delight. It's meditating, it's thinking, it's listening. Delight, delight in the law of the Lord. Delight in his word. You're listening, you're waiting, you're listening. On it day and night, they are like trees that are planted. Number one, you get planted. Come on, when you begin to, things begin to get solid in your life. You ever, you ever felt like things are shaky? He's the rock of our salvation. When you begin to listen to his word, things begin to get planted. They begin to get solid. 
you know, I can tell somebody's faith by the way that they're faithful. They're planted. They're solid. They made their mind up. Why? Because they heard the voice of God. They're not like a reed blowing in the wind. They said, God said it, and this is what I'm going to do. I remember sitting on a Sunday, and it was a revelation. It was a revelation to get around God's house as much as I could. Before, it wasn't, it wasn't easy, but I heard God's voice, and poof, I can't tell you the blessings that have happened in my life because I decided to go and expect something. Come on, it changes you. Can anybody con- contest that? It changes you. It says, along the riverbank, bearing fruit, bearing fruit. This is the fruit of God in your life. This is the fruit of miracles in your life. This is the fruit of wonder in your life. Each season, their leaves will never wither, and they will prosper. Come on, somebody. Anybody want to prosper, or you just want to live in poverty and be miserable your whole life? You listen to the voice of God, and you will prosper. You will prosper. And all they do. Come on, and home you're prospering. At your job you're prospering. In the city you're prospering. People look at you as a prosperous person. Why? Because you listen to the voice of God. And all they do. See, sometimes we just accept the fact that we're not prospering in an area. If you're not prospering in an area, let me challenge you to hear God in that area, and you'll begin to prosper. If you're not prospering in your family, listen to God about your family, and you'll start to prosper. They are like worthless chaff. I'll skip down. But not the wicked, not you, not the wicked. They are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly, for the Lord watches over your path. Don't you love that? He watches over your path. You know, when I, when I bring honor in the backyard, there's holes and there's different things. I'm holding her hand, and I'm looking out ahead of her, and I'm directing her where to go. That's what God does to those that are listening to his word. He's directing their path. For he watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. Leads to destruction. How many of you want to begin to hear God's voice and begin to get led into the path of prosperity? Begin to get led into the path of true joy. You want to be in the perfect place at the perfect time so God can do the perfect miracle. See, a lot of your miracles really come down to being at the right place at the right time. You wouldn't have gone there if you haven't heard God's voice. And God, you are one word from God from getting a miracle from God. It's not far. You're like, man, I really need, you know, six months, really do a devotion. No, no, no. You need one word from God. You need to believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He is. He is who he says he is. And he's going to reward me when I seek him. He said it. Try it. It works. Anybody, anybody believe God's word, that his word is true? You see, there are areas in our life that we want to control. We don't want God in. Am I right about it? There are areas in life that we try to control. Control always comes from fear. See, Fear comes because we don't really trust God. So what happens? We begin to fear, we get anxiety, and we begin to control a situation because we really don't trust God in a situation, and we wonder why we don't prosper in that situation. You know, there's, some, there's Christians that have some, uh, they, it's like the F words to Christians. It's this. Don't talk to me about finances. Don't talk to me about forgiveness. Don't talk to me about family and God's word and his principle. Don't talk to me about my friends. These are real things. These are real things that if we say, you know what, God, you can have every area of my life. You're going to begin to get in prosperity in those things. You're going to begin to have a life in those things. Don't lock yourself up and say, I'm going to give God part of me. No, begin to say, God, I want you to have all of me. See, a great example of those that are righteous and those are, that are wicked. You can find it in 1 Samuel. It's a great story. It's about Samuel and Eli. And you see two different people. You see one set of families that don't listen to God and another set of family, 
another set of family that listens to God's voice. One prospers, one doesn't. Both were in the house of God. One prospered, another didn't. How many of you want to be the one that prospered? Samuel was one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament, and he came to be his mother was Hannah. And Hannah and her husband faithfully went to the house of God. They faithfully went to the house of God. They, they went to the, the house of God, and they gave their gift to God. How many of you know that you can see your faith by your giving? Come on, somebody. You can see your faith by your giving. And you know what? Hannah said, you know what? Hannah was in distress. You know why? She couldn't have any children. She couldn't have any children, and she, she went to the temple. She began to pray to God, and guess what? She began to hear from God, and it began to unlock her womb with what she heard. You know what she heard? She, she heard, you know what? That firstborn, after he's weaned, begin to bring him into the house of God and lend him to the Lord. How many of you know that God will unlock things in your life by your giving? You want your wonder back? Begin to say, I'm going to give a big offering. So God, listen, she began to give. She gave her first. Isn't that awesome? She gave her first, and what did God do? God began to give her children, like, left and right. Why? Because she said, I'm going to go to the house of God, and I'm going to begin to give. I'm going to show God. I'm going to back God's, my faith with my actions. Right? When's the last time you've heard God, and God said, you know what, give that right there. I guarantee you that's the last time you've seen God move dramatically in your life. Come on, somebody. God begins to test our faith sometimes. He blesses us all the time. But you want, a big, you want a big blessing? You begin to listen to God. God, what do I need to do for you? God, what are you saying? God, I know if I obey, you're going to begin to open a door that no man can open. And what did Hannah and them do? They, they begin to give their first. They begin to give Samuel to the house of God. And Samuel, I love Samuel because Samuel found himself. He found himself in the temple living right. But there was Eli. Eli, see, he did something that a lot of Americans do. See, Eli loved his sons more than God. That will make a crowd quiet. Eli loved his family more than he loved God. What happened? Eli neglected to disciple his children, discipline his children, live for God when it came to his children. And what happened? They were cut short of their purpose. They lost everything. Why? Because there was an area in their life that he didn't want God into. Come on. How many of you know that families are important in the body of Christ? How many of you know if we listen to God and his word and put his word into practice, we're going to have prosperous families. We're going to have kids that serve God. We're going to have kids that rise up with God. And it doesn't matter if you, what school you put them in, they're going to be a light into the world. They're going to be families that have a vision, one vision. Many functions, one vision. How many of you know that God loves families? But a lot of times we say, you know what, when it comes to my family, let me do what I want with my family and just hopefully, you know, God, abracadabra, it will work out. But God's saying, no, will you listen to my word when it comes to families? How many of you know that a husband and wife need to be together? See, Eli was the leader. He neglected to lead. If you're the husband, be the leader. The wife shouldn't outrun you in prayer. Why? Because you should lead in prayer. You should lead in the word. That's the part of a leader. See, I'm hitting that area that people don't like. Well, my wife does all the spiritual things. Well, you're not a good leader. Don't expect, don't expect the blessing in your home. Come on, somebody. What does a leader do? A leader leads. Wow. God says, hey, do it my way, and you'll begin to get blessed. See, you wonder why kids talk to their moms so horribly. It's because they don't see love in a marriage. Kids need to see love in a marriage. You think you put them in, in a private school and giving them everything they want and doing all the right things, that's what they need? No, what they need is to see love in a marriage. When they see love in a marriage, there's security. 
When they see love in a marriage, there's peace. If there's not peace in the home, how many of you know that we need to start to listen to God's word? God desires for our houses to have peace. What if God does some wonderful things in your household? What if God does miracles in your household? What if God does miracles in your, with your children and with your wife and with your spouse? How many of you know that we need some miracles in our families? You know, <laughs> this family, listen to God. This family that was, was Samuel, listen to God, and God blessed them. God blessed them. How many of you know that we need a blessing in our families? And listen, if you don't have a family yet, you're single, God wants you, what, do you, what does God want you to do? He wants you to listen. If you desire a spouse, you're going to get it because he gives you the desires of your heart. You say, well, maybe God called me to be single the rest of my life. No, 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 get in some wonder. Begin to listen. If you've been searching for a spouse and you can't find one, begin to get with God and begin to listen to his voice. Begin to go where he tells you to go. I love the story of Samuel because he always found himself in the temple of God. He always found himself. See, at that time, there was no revelation in the land. Why? Because the leader didn't lead. There was no wonder. There was no miracles. Why? Because the leader, Eli, didn't lead. So God had to raise up another leader to be able to lead. Why? There was, there was see, the the. The, the revelation of God was stifled out. But Samuel, when everybody got tired in the temple of God, Samuel was listening. Samuel was listening. I love Samuel sitting there. It says he was at the ark laying down, and Eli's eyes were getting tired. He was ready to go to sleep. He was ready to go to sleep. But Samuel was waiting and listening. He was waiting and listening. And I love that, number one, he found himself in the house of God. Number two, he found himself at the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant had the commandments of God in it. It speaks to us about God's voice. It speaks to us about God's presence. And he wakes up, he thinks that Eli is calling him. He thinks Eli is speaking, saying, hey, Samuel. He gets up three times. And he says, hey, are you calling me? And he's like, no, that must be God. So he goes back down, he says, God, what are you saying? And he begins to hear from God. They had one family that neglected God, and his family fell apart. They had another family that put God's house in the right order, put their family in the right order, and God blessed them. Come on, we need some music for this message. We're going we're gonna to play a little bit. But listen, it's important that we raise our children according to the word of God. I don't want to see miracles all over, but it, not see a miracle in my own household. This is what I'm believing for. In this season, there's going to be miracles in families. And if you're, if you're just a son and a daughter and you live in a family, or listen, and, and maybe people in your family aren't saved, God's going to use you in such a way that God's going to reach out. To, there's going to be miracles in families in December 2017. There's going to be miracles in families. In 2017. Why? Because we get our wonder back. We get our wonder back. We need fathers that lead. We need wives that work as a team. One vision. We need to know how to discipline our children. You know, the Bible says, I don't care what the government says, the Bible says a little spanking won't hurt every once in a while. You're like, I don't believe in that. I believe in, I think the Bible's probably better advice. I know several kids that need a bad spanking. <laughs> they have it coming to them. They, they, it's, it's, their, uh, their account is full. They need a good one. Listen, we should never spank in anger. We should, never, we should never get so mad we're like beating our kids upside the head. Who wants that kind of Christianity? You driving down the road trying to reach out to somebody. They see you in the car waving your hands, smacking your kids. Come on, man. If you're always yelling in the house and something's not right. Well, only the mom disciplines. That's not what the word of God says. Only the dad disciplines. No, no, no. See, the children are going to treat the mom the way the husband's going to treat the wife. If the kid's hitting their, their parents, not good. Why? 
because that child saw that husband treat a wife a certain way. Whether it's yelling, I'm not saying be perfect. Maybe you got to go to your kids. You know the best thing that you can say sometimes? You know what? That was wrong. I'm sorry. That was wrong. I'm sorry. You, see, let's not get out of the basics of the Word of God and expect God to move somewhere else. See, you start hearing the voice of God clear when you, when you read His Word and start to put it into practice. Come on. God's going to raise up a generation with honor. God's going to raise a generation that's full of faith. That's a miracle, man. You want to see a miracle? See a family that's serving God. Your four-year-old, your four-year-old, you catch them worshiping in the back seat. Your teenager, you catch them giving to people that are in need, loving God, rallying people together to pray. Why? Because they had leaders that paved the way, that showed them that there's more to this world than entertainment and getting rich and having fun. There's more to this world, and that is Jesus. Let's lead our families into the presence of God. They need to wake up in the morning. You're reading the word. They wake up in the morning. You're praying in the Holy Spirit. You're waking up in the morning. They're worshiping. Come on. We need families. We need miracles in families. Maybe, maybe you feel like it's too late. Maybe your kids have gone on. Maybe you didn't live God's word. The beautiful thing about Jesus is he's our great redeemer. He can turn anything around. He can turn anything around. I believe there are families right now, you feel like you feel like they're too far gone. No, he's a wonderful counselor. He's a wonderful counselor. That, that, that son, there's somebody here that has a son that's very far off and you're concerned. No, get in the presence of God and begin to listen. Your son's going to turn back around. Why? Because they had somebody in their life standing in the gap. See, some of you, some of you, you can't help coming to the house of God because you had parents praying for you. You can't help going to God because you had parents laying their head, hands on your head at night saying you're going to have a great purpose. You're going to have a great destiny. Your life is going to be full of goodness. You're going to marry the right person. You're going to live a life that's going to change the world. They have parents that have faith that say, you know what, you're not going to be an ordinary Haman guy. You're going to begin, you're going to be so great people are going to be in awe. See, you know what God loves? He doesn't only love us to be in wonder about him. He loves for people to be one in wonder about us because he's doing such great work that it cannot be us. It has to be him. They're going to look at you and be like, oh, there's got to be a God. Evan's preaching. There's got to be a God. Right? Susie has a good marriage. There's got to be a God. Come on, God wants to begin to work in our life. And yes, I want to see the big miracles. I want to see the big miracles. Let's start with the small ones. Let's start in the household. Let's start saying, you know what, in this Christmas season, I'm bringing my whole family to church. They're all going to give their life to God. They're all going to get saved. That neighbor that seems so far off, that's the one God wants the most. Begin to listen about it. God's going to give you direction. Your wonder is connected to the counsel that you get from the Father. How many of you want to get your wonder back? I can tell you there are times in my life where I can say, you know what? I haven't been expecting anything. I've been so busy doing my own thing that I'm not even excited about God. You been there? I'm the only one. so busy in your thing. See, scientists think people that are atheists, people that, I'm saying scientists are bad, we need them. I'm saying that people that don't believe in God, they're always searching for the next thing. They're always searching for the next thing, and they're miserable. When are we as Christians going to learn that there's nothing out there that our joy 
happens in that closet when we're alone with God and you begin to go to God, you believe in who he is and he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him and you feel his presence so strong and you say, God, what are you, what are you saying? He says, I got a good present for you. I'm going to play a little game with you here. Go around the corner. Go around the corner. Begin to look at what I have. So begin to go to this passage. What do you see in this passage? Well, I see that. Go in this passage of Scripture. Begin to read this passage. What do you think about that? And you begin to think, and God begins to put this scattered puzzle together when you begin to hear God's voice and you know exactly what to do. And then when you do it, God shows up with wonder. How many of you want that? Come on, if you want that today, I want you to stand to your feet. say, you know what, I want my wonder back. I want my wonder back. I want to hear again. God's speaking. He's always speaking. You say, well, God's just not speaking right now. No, He's always speaking. He's always speaking. We just need to listen. We need to quiet it down. Get away with God and begin to stir ourselves back up in faith. Come on, what did God say before? You're, some of you, you're wanting a new word from God and he's already spoken to you. You know, we can sometimes punish ourselves enough when we don't listen to God and we create our own problems. You think it's God creating it. He's not creating it. We create our own problems because we just didn't listen. See, I love, I love Samuel because he was just waiting. He, he, he expected to hear God out of his leaders and out of people. He was just expecting young, full of faith. God wants to do a miracle in your life this December. I just feel it so strong that there are miracles all over that we haven't tapped into. There are presents all over that we haven't unwrapped. And God is saying, get out of the busyness and begin to listen. Begin to listen. Come on, if you say, you know what, right now I want to just throw away all the activity and I want to just say, God, I'm sorry for not listening. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for not having that childlike faith anymore. If that's you today, just lift your hand. Just lift your hand. God, I want that childlike faith. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, forgive me. forgive me because I've stopped listening come on say that under your breath forgive me because I stopped listening I've been so consumed by my own thing but God what I really want is you I feel like God wants to do some miracles right now in your life I feel like I can't leave right now. I want to wrap it up, but I believe that God wants to do some miracles right now in somebody's life. God is not trying to teach you a lesson. He's just saying, come back home. Believe in who I am. I am a wonderful counselor. You come to me. Believe in who I am. I'm going to reward you. Right now, God is not saying you got to wait for your miracle. There are some miracles that need to happen right now. Right now. That are, there are some prayers that need to happen right now. There are some miracles that are far off. He just wants you to pray right now. There's a sun. I keep feeling it strong in my spirit. There's a sun that's far off. God's saying, I'm putting my angels together. I'm waiting for your prayer. I don't want a half-hearted prayer. I want a prayer like Hannah prayed. God, let me bear fruit. God, let me have a child. That same type of fervent prayer because you have faith. God says, I don't want the half-hearted prayer. Give me your full prayer. There's some miracles that are going to happen right now because you stirred yourself up into wonder. God can heal that disease. He's a miracle-working God. He's our healer. Come on, there's some prayers that are going on right now. Things are happening. Things are happening. Things are happening. There are people that should be sitting next to you in church today. God's saying, all you got to do is pray. All you got to do is pray. All you got to do is believe. Start to write it down. Start to get a picture. Start to get giddy again about what God is going to do. God's going to open doors in your workplace. Begin to pray.
begin to listen. Begin to listen. Lord, we turn away from our own agenda. We turn away from our own thing. God, we turn to your thing. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, make me like a kid again in your presence. Lord, I thank you for your people. I thank you for all the miracles that are going to occur in December. I thank you for what you're already starting to do right now. I see, I see relatives right now by some prayers that we're praying. They're crying right now. They don't even know why. They're crying right now. They don't even know why. They're beginning to say the name of Jesus. They don't even know why. They've cursed his name. But right now they're feeling a sense of him. And they're opening their mouth and they're saying, Jesus. Come on, he's doing miracles right now. Tomorrow when we wake up, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Surely goodness and mercy. When you wake up, when you're with your kids, when you go to work, surely goodness and mercy. When you're spending time with your family, surely goodness and mercy. When your neighbor comes over, surely goodness and mercy. Surely goodness and mercy is following me. Why? Because I have a childlike faith again. I've got my wonder back. I've got my wonder back. I've got my faith back. He is who he says he is. He is a wonderful counselor. He is a mighty God. He is good. He is Emmanuel. He is with us. Lord, I thank you for your people. Bless them in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody says amen. Come on, hug three people and say, I got my wonder back. Come on, hug three people. Say, I got my wonder back.